In our breakout and best-selling book, Looking for Angels, A Guide to Understanding and Connecting with Angels, Dr. Scott Guerin and I share how you can communicate with angels, understand signs from the universe and these celestial beings, feel at peace knowing you are always connected to source, and much more. Get your copy today at lookingforangelsbook.com, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or your local bookstore. And now you can even get the audio version narrated by me and Scott through Amazon, Audible, and iTunes. You are listening to A Psychic Story, a podcast that shares behind-the-scenes insights of people who lead supernatural lives among the ordinary. And I'm your host, Nicole Bigley. Join me every other Wednesday as I dispel the myths behind magic and lore. Welcome to A Psychic Story. Hi, Psychic listeners. For a psychic story for the episode, we have Brittany Buckwalter on, and she is a medium, a psychic, a healer, and a coach. And excited to talk with her because her experience from her and I just chatting briefly is really all about growing up and learning about your abilities in a small town and what that reaction was and how she was able to, as I like to call it, come out of the psychic closet. So welcome to the show, Brittany. Hello. (laughs) I love your enthusiasm. So just tell us a little bit about, you know, one, when you were growing up, what kind of your your experiences with your friends and family? And then as you embraced your abilities more and more in your gifts, what you, you know, did and what you experienced and how you kind of just started to feel more comfortable with, you know, the the gifts that you have. Right. So, you know, as a child, I kind of and you hear so many psychic mediums say this, but I did. I, I felt or I sensed that there was something different about me compared to um, other you know, school-aged children. And a lot of it was just having a very strong, natural intuition. You know, saying things or thinking things as a child and then watching them, you know, come to fruition was something that was pretty natural for me. But I just assumed that everybody you know, had the same ability or, or, you know, was working through the same things. And so um, it wasn't until, you know, my early 20s, I began to realize that there was more to this than just coincidences. And, you know, growing up in a very strong Lutheran background, it was super hard to um, look into anything, you know, that had to do with psychic science or, you know, being a medium, those types of things it was really hard for me to look into those things without feeling a deep rooted fear, you know, um, because that's as a Christian, what you're, what you're raised to believe. And so it doesn't help that I'm in the Bible belt of America, you know, in (laughs) in Missouri, you know, I kind of stuffed that down for quite a while, tried to just focus on being a teen. And like I said, even in my early twenties, that was when I began to question things, you know, is there more out there? And um, I ended up going into a, a little bookshop here in um, here in my town, and uh, they, you know, the lady in there was like, "Oh yeah, you're you you've got something going on. Why don't you try tarot?" And uh, I thought, okay, this would be a great way for me to kind of ease into this ability. 
at the time I had no idea that it was an actual psychic ability. I just thought, you know, that I was drawn to Tarot or, or the mystic or mysterious um, side of things. And so I was just kind of, you know, barely dipping my foot in, <laughs> but it all had to be in secret. And that was so upsetting and so frustrating and so hard for me to handle because I'm one of those people, you know, I tell it like it is, you get what you see, you know, so leading this secret life where I would invite friends over for, for, you know, fun tarot readings here and there was really, really hard for me. It was hard to, to bust out of the clairvoyant closet because of where we live and, and because of, you know, my family's background with Christianity and, and things like that. And I think that's such an important topic because, you know, if you grow up in you know, a bigger city where the actual town that I grew up in had 3,000 people in it, 4,000 people in it. And so there was no bookstores or anything like that. It wasn't until I turned 20 and moved to the town over that I found a bookstore where I could go in and kind of freely discuss, hey, this is what's going on with me and I'm not really for sure <laughs> what's happening. Even on that spectrum, on, on the other end of it, it was I didn't have anybody to help me through it. There's nobody that comes up and says, hey, let's talk about your abilities and see if we can strengthen your intuition. That was not available to me. So I had to just thumb through books and, you know, do research on, on the internet and things like that. And so like I said, that's why I'm such a big advocate for um, talking about my story and, you know, trying to help others ease into whether they want to be, you know, a professional psychic or if they just want to explore their abilities further. Did your family, when you were growing up at all, exhibit anything and then just kind of not talk about it as much? Or is it really just you that you, because it sounds like, I, and I can hear it in your voice, it was very much a lonely path for quite a while, I imagine. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, you know, we would talk about when I had seen, um, you know, as a, as a small child, there were several stories, uh, several moments where I had actually seen apparitions which, you know, if you know anything now, most adults don't actually see apparitions anymore. It's usually mm -hmm. just a childlike thing. I mean, some do, but... Yeah, because we, blo we block it out. <laughs> yeah. Right, yeah. totally. We let the ego come in and filter out um, the ability to do that. And it, oh, it's heartbreaking. But um, yeah, so we would talk about some of the crazy, quote unquote, crazy stories, you know, from when I was a child. And, um, you know, I had, I had another family member who had some of the same super strong intuition, but it was never something we talked about. In fact, I only just recently, like two years ago, talked to my grandmother and I remember her telling me, you know, I have the same ability, but I was told you don't talk about that. You know, they will lock you up. And honestly, kind of even nowadays too, even though it's still people talk about it, they're like, you know, it's crazy. I had a, a friend over and she had no idea. And it's not like I was hiding it, but we were talking and I was like, yeah, it was like when I was little and there was this and we're sharing, I was sharing stories and she's like, that is just crazy. But she was fascinated. But at the same time, I'm like, I know you probably think I need to be on some sort of medication. So I can't imagine what it would be like back then, right? Um, with your grandmother and, and my grandmother and stuff. And so I just definitely can relate. But you said, so you had a story. So I'm, I'm curious. Okay. So yeah, as a kid, um, probably one of my favorites to tell. And with it, with it being the beginning of October, it's perfect. It was Christmas Eve. Yeah, I think it was Christmas Eve. My mom and my aunt had went out that night for drinks. And uh, we stayed home with my grandma. 
Um, my mom and my aunt were on their way back, uh, and we lived in an even tinier town when I was young um, of like 500 people. Um, it was in Philadelphia, Missouri. They were driving back home from Palmyra, and um, they saw a man standing in the middle of the street, in the middle of the road, wearing a long trench coat, a hat, and it was so real for them um, that my aunt thought she hit him. Oh, wow. So, yeah, it was like they drove through this man, right? And to them, they, they pulled over. They went to this old folks home that was right there on the side of the road. And, you know, they're like, hey, are you guys missing anybody? Has anybody gotten out? I'm almost positive I've just hit someone. But I don't know where they went. <laughs> so <laughs> That would freak me out. Right? Right? So this is just this crazy an experience for my aunt and my mother, who were adults at the time, um, as it was for me. So anyways, they, they get home. You know, they, they were like, there's no, no residents missing. Everything's fine. And they get home. My aunt leaves. My mom and I and my little brother um, lay on the couch together, all three of us. And we're facing the Christmas tree. And I'll never forget. It had to be, I don't know, three or four in the morning. I was coming in and out of sleep. My mom had her arm wrapped around me and my little brother. You know, she was behind both of us. And we were all cuddled up on this couch. And I woke up and I said, Mom, who is that man? And I had to be six, maybe? Six. She said, what are you talking about? And I said, that man right there with the long black coat and the hat. I said, he's wet. And it was raining that night. And it wasn't cold enough for it to be, you know, sweet or snow, it was just raining. And so this man was clearly visible to me in this jacket, you know, he was soaking wet and he had this hat on and he was standing right in front of our Christmas tree. And my mom said, what does he look like? And I said, you know, I described again and, and she just said, Brittany, close your eyes and don't move. So I closed my eyes. I didn't move. Wake up the next day. It's Christmas. It's kind of forgotten, right? But it was one of those things where my family will never, ever forget that experience. And looking back, I'm so glad that I had that experience because I find it hard. And I don't know if you are the same way, but some days I wake up and I'm like, I cannot believe that I have this ability. Yeah, it's surreal. Yeah, it's those stories that I go back to, you know, that I couldn't have made up as a kid, that I knew nothing about that kind of anchor me and, and help me realize, you know, this is real. I do think everyone has a natural intuition, like you kind of mentioned earlier on. And I think that it's it tends to be stronger. I mean, this is just my belief with families. And that's why I like to ask the question because um, whether or not your grandmother um, shared it, but it, I'm, I'm assuming your mom and your aunt probably do too to some extent. And then they just, you know, whether they're religious or other things, like as we're taught growing up, they just kind of um, turn it off a little bit, you know, intentionally and wonder if that that gentleman or that that spirit was trying to get their attention. And then he was like, oh, my gosh, they saw me and then kind of followed you guys home or, or them home to get some sort of message across, because that's where I find usually in those types of situations, there is a message or there's some sort of connection of sharing that. And then when we don't understand it, when we're young like that or we are still learning and we're not experienced, we don't necessarily realize that that might be the the intent behind it versus something scary. It's still scary and jarring, <laughs> I'm sure. You're right. Absolutely. 100%. And, just, and, you know, just saying, hey, I go back to that moment and I think there's got to be something more to this. My aunt and my mother who were grown, 
we're able to see this apparition too. So yes, I totally agree with you. And I love that you just put it in the perspective. Yeah, it was probably also something for your mom to maybe not be as dismissive when you were growing up. Like she's like, oh my gosh, like what she's saying is, is it's not just imagination or a child being creative kind of thing. Like for them to see it, I'm sure it validated it to her so that maybe then that enabled you to grow it a little bit more, even though you didn't have that, you know, full support system necessarily with the family or with your, the people in your town. Um, it gave you a little bit more room to grow, I guess, and grow your abilities. My family has been incredibly supportive and I am very grateful for that. I cannot imagine how crazy it would have to be to have, you know, this, I think I was about 27 when I came out to have this 27 year old hairstylist, you know, uh, and stay at home mom just one day say, Oh, Hey, I can do this and I'm going to do it. <laughs> I think they would be like, I know they were kind of like, all righty then, <laughs> but they were still, you know, very, very supportive. It was, it was, you know, my father, he has kind of had in the beginning, he kind of had a hard time with it. It's, um, in his words, freaks him out a little bit, but you know, over the years, I think it's become something, you know, he's accustomed to and it's natural, but I still can't say certain things around him without him just totally, you know, being freaked out. But that doesn't mean that they're not very supportive and they are. And so I'm grateful for that. But the town. Yeah, the town. Oh, yeah. Let's get into that. Because I think, you know, or before you even get into the, the town people and um, how that works, but the way I also kind of, and I'm just picking up on your energy, not intentionally. So, uh, so if that's okay, but <laughs> we do that. Yeah. Yeah. We do that. It's like, especially when kindred spirits. Um, so mm -hmm. I have your permission to do it, but what I'm feeling like from your father in particular is, um, he, you know, it's a, it's a loving thing. He, he understands it's not that it's a disbelief, but like you mentioned the term freak out because sometimes people don't understand. They're like, okay, well, I'm on a need to know basis, right? Exactly. That's exactly how I would say him. Yeah. It's like, I, I need to know, like, if it's going to impact me and it's an important message, maybe I don't want to know, but maybe you should tell me. But at the same time, like, I'm good. I don't need to know all the details kind of thing. So that's what I was picking up on him. What's crazy. And so let me validate that for you. What's crazy is my dad is known for saying I'm on a need to know basis. Oh, really? Like that is one of his, <laughs> yes, that is one of his catchphrases. So let me just go ahead and <laughs> solidify your feelings because he, he says, he says that's so crazy. He says that all the time. I'm on a need to know basis. Yeah, that's exactly what popped into my head. It's almost like a military kind of or a business mindset of permission to speak, need to know basis. That's it. Okay, that's crazy. Well, thank you for validating that. Um, But yeah, let's get to when. So obviously your family was supportive, you know, and whether they didn't understand 100%, they were open to it. And then how did you approach it with where you live and whether it's your coworkers and, and other people around you in your community? When I was 20, I started to um, read Tarot. And, you know, thumb through all the, the tarot books that I could. And at the time, I didn't realize that this had anything to do with psychic science. I thought this was 100% based on intuition. I didn't know the difference between the two um, or that, that there actually wasn't a difference. And so I was just reading friends for fun and, and totally keeping it a secret. At the time I did, you know, I was married and, and my in-laws were very involved in their church. And so I was, I was absolutely petrified to come out to them. But I was also scared that my community would think I had just lost my mind. So I had started a, um, a private Facebook page where you had to be invited, and it was under a fake name. And 
And I only did um, readings in big cities. So like I would drive two or three hours away where nobody knew me. And I would sit at these psychic fairs and just read, you know, people's cards. And it was during that time that I began to really build up this um, intuitive muscle. And uh, I ended up wanting to go to, uh, to Salem, Massachusetts. And, and get my own psychic reading. And, and when I went there, something kind of profound had happened. The psychic who, which keep in mind, this was my first psychic reading ever. I was already given psychic readings, <laughs> but this was my first psychic reading. He told me, by the time you're 28, you will be a very well-versed psychic medium. And I thought he was absolutely crazy. There was no way on earth that I would ever come out and tell everybody that this is what I do, you know, professionally. And, and I was still doing hair, you know, so there was no way that I was going to um, quit that and come out. And he said, well, when it's time, you know, because I was very dismissive of it, I said, he said, when it's time, you'll start seeing triple digits everywhere. And I thought, okay. And uh, one day I was headed back from St. Louis, about two hours uh, north of where I live now. Um, I was, Actually, it's two hours, let me tell it again, two hours south of where I live now. I was um, headed back home, picked up my kids. I was running late. I began to see 444 everywhere. I mean, it was insane the amount of fours I was seeing all over the place. And I was being dismissive of it. A tractor pulled out in front of me and was going like five miles an hour. And I was so frustrated because I was, I was going to be late to get my kids. And uh, I noticed spray painted on the back of this tractor was four, four, four. Oh my. <laughs> and so, so I was, I was, you know, forced to sit behind this slow moving tractor and think about the fact that I was being so dismissive. And stare at it. It's literally right in front of your face. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And that was the moment where I said, okay, I'm listening. All right. You know, take my hand and guide me. I'll do, I'll do it. <laughs> um, and that's where I kind of slowly started to tell, you know, other people and friends and family that, that I was doing this. So with your husband, um, did he know before you guys got married? No, no. I actually found out um, that I had this, the psychic ability um, and, and mediumistic ability, but I found out I had both those while we were together, while we were married. And so that was kind of hard for him too. And, you know, I'll be honest, it took me 28 years or actually 26 years to realize that I had the ability and to accept it and to use it. So, you know, let's give our family and friends a little bit of credit mm -hmm. here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, just be grateful that they're even open to hearing about it. Because, you know, there are some people, especially in the older generations, where they just will not even entertain it. They will not talk about it. And, um, you know... It was it was hard. It was really, really hard telling them that this is what I do and this is who I am. Probably one of the hardest things I've ever had to do. And it was very freeing once I did do it. Um, and after that, you know, I changed my name. I made it my real name on Facebook and um, really just came into my own. I went from, you know, doing psychic readings to realizing that I was actually a medium to now teaching and, you know, doing it all. So, Coming out in a small town wasn't easy, but I, I have to say that they were much more supportive than I ever thought they would be. And, and that's one of the big things that I kind of want to reiterate here is we're so fear-based as a society, most of us, 
that, you know, we don't even give ourselves, we don't break away from that ego and bust out and give ourselves the opportunity to, to actually be ourselves speaking for psychics and mediums. And, and if you would just surrender and, um, you know, just allow yourself to come into who you are, I think you'll find that it's absolutely beautiful how, how accepting some people are. And, you know, I've had people come up to me in my community. I still live in a pretty small town. It's like 17,000 people here in Hamilton, Missouri. But I have people come up to me that I never in a million years would have imagined had an interest or even had the ability to do this. And they'll say, hey, listen, I need your help. And I am just so unbelievably grateful that I can do that for them because there was nobody there for me when, when I went through this. I felt very supported by my family, but nobody understood or knew Nicole. Like nobody knew <laughs> what I was going through or, you know, how to navigate through this or who to go to for help, you know, to learn. And so, um, you know, just being able to, to point them in the right direction. If I didn't read another person, just being able to do that would make me feel like, okay, I served my purpose. Yeah. And you've gone through a lot of the stages and the feelings, which I think are really important for most people to, whether you're in it fully and you're struggling with this now, or maybe you just don't realize like the fact that, like you said, that the fear based of even just being able to, it's almost like you don't have to be loud and proud about it if you don't want to. Like, for example, you mentioned your dad and he's like, I'm on a need to know basis and that's fine. Like, love you, support you, but don't need to be. in. so you kind of start to, I think the important thing for at least me and going through it as well is I felt like I knew, I felt like something was missing, like you said, but that also that um, I wasn't truly being authentic in myself. And so it was less about me wearing it on my sleeve in a scarlet letter or something like that. And more of just, okay, if it comes up in conversation or I feel compelled or something, then just to be open about that, right? Right. Yeah. And so if you're kind of struggling about, you feel like something's missing, you want to explore, but you have that fear or you're not sure how people are going to take it. It's more or less of just thinking about it as baby steps. Like you don't have to have all the answers and you don't need to go into that and just know that there is, there are support groups out there. There are people like ourselves that are just willing to have the conversations. That's why I loved when you reached out on Facebook. I'm like, oh my gosh, another kindred spirit. It's like just sometimes extending that invitation or reaching out is what really helps lift us up. I have several people in my life that, um, and I think it's important that I mention that, that gave me what they like to call the push. You know, I've got a couple of friends, the Woodruff, my stepdad, who is an incredible and amazing intuitive. He blows my mind all the time. But all of these people encourage me to, you know, who cares? Don't, who cares what other people think? Just do what you feel is right. Do what you feel pulled to do. And you'll find a sense of, you know, belonging and happiness. And oh my God, they could not have been more right. And so I'm just so grateful to the people that I latched on to in the beginning of this journey. And I think it's so important that everybody find that person. So it doesn't have to be because none of these people were certified psychics that I, that I latched on to that helped me get through this. They were people who just had an open mind. So if you're, you're listening to this program and maybe you're not necessarily a psychic, but you're totally open to this, be that person. Be that person for somebody else. Yeah. And I think that's what blows my mind is that, like you just said, people are open. They're out there. I think that um, it's almost like we're all dancing around each other on these eggshells about it. And it's yes. almost like once you find that you're just able to just be um, 
you know, state it or be open, then you're, you, you will be pleasantly surprised at how many other people are like, like that friend that I mentioned um, a little bit ago. She's like, really? Oh my gosh, tell me more. And she was fascinated. So I just shared with her, you know, about those things. And not that I was afraid to at this point, but it's just like, you know, whatever, if you're curious and you have the questions, it doesn't hurt to um, ask around and to listen more. And like you said, to be open about it. And it just blows my mind. I think too, sometimes we think, oh, we have to have like the experts, the certifications. And yes, they do come in handy from a lot of different places, but we all, again, have those intuitive abilities and things. It's just a matter of, I loved what you said to that intuitive muscle, the more you work it, you know, if that actually um, is strengthened over time and, and you know, you can decide how far you want to go with certain things just based on where you are in your life. And with the pandemic right now, unfortunately, with a lot of us being at home, one of the gifts we have is that we do have more virtual opportunities to connect with people and to find those resources and to dig in a little bit more in topics that maybe we wouldn't be if we were out and about in the real world kind of thing. Absolutely. Yeah. The way that I found out that I was a medium was because somebody else reached out to me and said, hey, you know, I want you to come to this spirit circle. And I was like, no, I have no interest. No, thank you. But I look back on that and I think, I think to myself, oh my God, I am so grateful that, that she reached out to me. You know, this woman wasn't a medium herself. She was just someone that was like, you know, I feel intuitively pulled to ask you to drive three hours to sit at the, <laughs> at the spirit circle. And I'm like, I have no interest in talking to anybody. There's nobody over there that I care. You know, I'm like, no. And she was so persistent. So you never know. You may be the door that opens up somebody else's ability and you may not even have the same ability, you know, it just amazes me. Yeah, no, that's very cool. So for people that may not be aware, know the difference between a psychic and a medium and um, also a spirit circle, can you explain like how you mentioned a little bit earlier about the intuitive aspect and doing the tarot readings, but from the mediumship angle, what did that look like and how did you get tapped into it? That was a really hard um, thing for me to accept. It was so unbelievably surreal. Um, you know, you go, you hear people talk all the time about, um, I just had a feeling that it was my mom calling me, or I just had a feeling that this woman was pregnant. But you very rarely ever hear someone say, oh, your mother on the other side wanted me to let you know she likes your new car. Nobody does that. So, um, you know, I, I ended up going to the spirit circle, which um, is, you know, I call my uh, mediumship events mediumship demonstrations. This one is the same thing. It was just called a spirit circle. Um, I ended up going and what I realized, I sat in the back and I watched the mediums in the front say things and connect with people. And I was thinking the exact same thing. I was thinking them. There was no person that being down in front of me, it wasn't like Hollywood. There was no, you know, it was all so unbelievably subtle. And so when I realized, oh my God, that's all they're doing. They're thinking the thoughts telling the thoughts. This is how they're communicating with the other side. When I realized it was that subtle, it was like I had this cinematic moment where my entire life flashed in front of me and I put together all the times where I actually had mediumistic experiences and had no clue. I thought it was just me thinking, right? Because <laughs> mm -hmm. it was so natural to you. Yes, yes, totally. And so, um, 
that was a huge moment for me. And that's also when I began my journey of understanding the difference between a psychic and a medium. So a psychic uses, uh, they operate, operate on intuition. And usually a psychic reading is all about the person sitting in front of you. You know, you're going to be bringing up things about what they've had happen in their past, present and future, what you see for them. When it comes to the medium side of things, you're you're kind of switching over and you're communicating, you know, purely on energy. It's an energy transfer between me and another entity. And, and that's in, the energy. It's just pure energy. I'm taking what they're showing me, whether it be clairvoyantly, clairaudently, you know, clairaudently, and I'm telling the other person sitting in front of me what they're showing me. And we make the connection. And I think it's important for anybody listening who's never had a mediumship reading to understand, and I'm sure you would agree with this, that we're just the messenger. You guys are the interpreter. They give us something and it's so important for for someone sitting in front of you to understand that they have to help you interpret what it is that Spirit's trying to show you. I think a lot of people expect us to just come to the table knowing every single teeny tiny detail. You know, if we can get just a little bit of something, why can't we get all of it? Right. It's almost like an inside joke, right? It's like if you have a joke with somebody and it's just between the two of you and you're getting a message and you're relaying that it's yes. like, I don't know what that means, but I am I feel compelled to tell you or this is what's coming across and it's going to relate to that person. And that's a confirmation or a validation that you've connected and that they are speaking or communicating with the person. And it's almost like telephone tag, right? Or that game <laughs> growing up. It's like, okay, I'm going to relate to you the best way that I can or I know how, but it's up to you, like you just said, the other person to interpret it because we may not have all the information as to the why or the context. Right. Yeah, 100%. And, you know, spirit might show me, you know, I use this all the time in, in classes that I teach. Spirit might show me a lake. Well, what do you think of, Nicole, when you see a lake? Fun times and boating. Yeah. So the first thing I think of is vacation. But the person sitting in front of me might think of fishing. Right. So, you know, when we interpret this and we get these messages and we pass them along, you have to understand that you're going through a third party to to get the information to this person. So, um, you know, things can kind of just like you said with telephone tag, things can kind of get messed up along the way. It's kind of like too, like, yeah, your ego early on when I was getting my Reiki certification, going through my mastership, my um, teacher at the time, it's like your ego steps out of the way. So you become a tool for God for um, the energy. So you are taking the filter off of what you think that as a communicator or relaying the messages to people should be. Because, and then it's up to them to tune in and to see and validate on their end what they think that that should be. And I think that's a beautiful way of saying it because we're not necessarily <laughs> spiritual advisors, gurus saying that this is definitely, you read the master of your own life, right? And so these are just ways of, of helping to pass along. If you um, can't, going to a medium and, and or a psychic is usually when we're trying to get a message or connect to something that we haven't been able to in our core on another level. And so that hopefully then you've learned something that then you might be able to do on your own, right? I, I Sometimes when I'm in grief or I'm in a particular emotional state, I reach out to my network of friends and, you know, other intuitive, spiritual, kindred spirits, so to speak, just to say like, hey, I can't find anything on my own because I'm way too close to this. And that's kind of how I think I would frame it, right? Yes. And I think it's important, too, to mention, and I'm sure uh, I, I actually think on one of your shows, I've heard you talk about this before, but it is 
so hard to read yourself and it's so hard to read those close to you. A lot of times my clients will try to add me on Facebook. I'm like, listen, I don't want to know anything about you because once <laughs> right. I do, my ego enters and I, I'm totally clouded. And so, um, yeah, you're totally right. I literally had a friend the other day. She texted me and I'm glad I'm, I need to do this. But she's like, I was meditating and I um, was, you know, spirit said, would you pull a card for me? And it was interesting because about a week ago we were doing like a socially distanced lunch. She had come over and she's like, and I felt like I need to do a reading on her. And before it even came out of my mouth, she's like, you know, you should probably do a reading on me. I'd love you to. And I was like, that's fine. I absolutely can. I was like, but today I'm not feeling it. Like energetically, I'm not there in that space. And I was like, but I do feel like we should be doing it in a couple of days. So she texted me. But the interesting thing about that is when we were talking, I said, I just want you to keep in mind that a lot of times when I do these cold readings or readings for people that I know nothing about, it's because it's almost like this pure, this pure connection of there's no, I don't want to say judgment, but I don't have any preconceived notions or know anything about them. So when I'm giving them that information, they're like, they get, may get floored. Whereas with my friends, I'm like, I'm going to give you what I, I, you know, I'm hearing you may or may not like the message, but don't kill the messenger, which is probably where that saying came from. Right. I also saw on your website and your blog about angel readings and, and things. So on the mediumship side, when you are communicating with entities or spirits um, who've passed over, that's one thing in one service that you offer. But tell me a little bit more about the angels because I'm super connected with archangels, my my guides, my angels and everything. And I always get it as a popular topic or question that people have when they're listening um, just because I think we're just also fascinated about, especially now more so than ever. Well, so, you know, the angel readings can go one of two ways. I'm really, really close with, um, you know, really connected with the archangels as well. And so, um, in the beginning, I wasn't drawn to angels at all. I was like, is this is the opposite. You know, you think angels, you think Christianity, you think, is this okay? Right. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. You know, what's going on here? But, you know, if you read the Bible, there's only a certain amount of angels. They don't keep getting recreated. And when we pass over, we don't actually turn into an angel, right? The word angel means messenger, right? So what better word to use when we're talking about uh, entities on the other side than, than angel readings? But I think it's important to understand, like I said before, there are only a certain amount of angels in heaven. When we pass over, we don't actually become an angel. Um, It's just kind of something we refer to our loved ones as. Um, So angel readings can go one of two ways because I use angel tarot cards. They, that's kind of the term that we use for angel readings, you know, simply because we use angel tarot cards, but also, you know, it can be used, it's interchangeable. It can be used as getting a mediumship reading. And that's just kind of one of those terms. Once I realized that the word angel meant messenger, I kind of clung on to that. I was like, oh my gosh, I love it. It's perfect. So really, there's no big difference between, you know, what I do and what other psychics do. It's just using the term Mm -hmm. angel, you know, to kind of describe what it is. I've been learning a lot more about angels. On another episode, I mentioned um, when I was growing up, my mom thought I had an imaginary friend called Michael because I just referred to Michael, Michael, Michael. And, And when I got older and then I started learning about archangels and what they mean, I was like, that's who it was. It just resonated with me. And I was like, he's just been my soulmate, my soul guide this whole time. And so I just feel very strong connection. And I do think for at least that, and for anyone who, if this is the first time that you're listening to the show, with angels, what I love about it is like they literally, they are at our beck and call in the sense that they want to just jump in and help us with whatever, right? But we need to give them permission to come in. So if you want healing or protection or 
just in general, like creativity, like your creativity is kind of stunted and you need help. Like you can call on angels and somebody like Brittany or even going online and getting books or angel cards. Like I love that because it's something simple that you can do at your, in your own home. If you want to pull your own cards and that way they love that kind of stuff because that way it opens up the door for them to be able to communicate with us and give us more messages. And as you mentioned, I also really love the, the, the numbers. Like when you said that the psychic that you went to gave you, like you're going to get the triple numbers. That's another thing that the angels love to do is really communicate with us on um, repetitive numbers that are out there. And that's probably something you didn't realize like early on when you, it's like your angels were like, okay, time's up. Like you're ready now. <laughs> Here's the numbers. You need to go into that. But yes. You offer like teachings and, you know, mediumship sessions and all of that. Like, what's the one that you love to do the most and how can people reach you? Oh my gosh, that's so hard because <laughs> it's almost like, what's your favorite kind of music? And there's so many different genres. Well, that's fine. You can list them all if you want. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. In the beginning, I was all about mediumship. Once I realized I was a medium, I couldn't get enough of it. And then I slowly um, migrated back to loving the psychic side of things and helping people figure out what they're doing. And I ended up going uh, and doing a couple of courses that uh, certified me as a life coach online. And being able to incorporate the psychic side of things with the life coaching side of things has been really mind opening, but mind bending really, because you're able to add to intuition, you know, an unbiased person's intuition mixed with life coaching. And Hey, you know, this is probably going to be your best outlet or say no to this, say yes to this. Um, at the end of the day, I feel like it's just getting somebody's opinion. And that's what we do before we make decisions all the time. You know, should I buy this house? I'm going to talk to my dad. I'm going to talk to my mom. I'm going to talk to a banker. I'm going to talk to my husband, you know, those types of things. I love that. I'm getting that you should be really branding yourself as a psychic life coach because so many life coaches have gone out there even now, right? Again, with the pandemic, because whether you're out of work or what have you, I've heard of people being successful with that, which is great. But I do feel like that there's something missing with that life coach aspect. And, and maybe that's exactly what it is, is you being able to add that intuition. Right. Yeah. So I describe it on my website as life coaching with a twist because that's basically what it is. Um, but so I absolutely love that. But over the last year, I've come into teaching and I have to say out of everything, that's my absolute favorite because, you know, it's what I wasn't able to have. I now am able to give to my community, you know, every few months. I teach a psychic class. I teach a mediumship class. I teach a manifestation class. I do lectures on energy vampires. So really the whole, you know, we're able to kind of get to it all. A tarot class, I have one of those coming up next, uh, this month, next week, actually. So um, being able to teach has probably been my absolute favorite. And how long are your classes? A tarot class, um, usually there's no more than 20 in my class. That's just the, the cap that my, my studio will hold. But uh, tarot class is roughly two hours. It's super fun. You know, um, I have them bring their own beverage if they want to bring wine, whatever. And the whole point of that class is not only to teach them the ABCs of tarot, but to also have them lead with a sense of confidence. And how I do that is we do several readings after, you know, we go through the ABCs of how, you know, tarot works. I have them read each other over and over and over again. Um, and it's the same thing with the psychic science class, only, you know, we take it a step further and, and usually that's about four to five hours. It's an all day workshop, but it's so beautiful, Nicole, to watch these people and the light bulbs go off in their head when they realize, holy smokes, I got that. I just nailed 
that person to a T because what I do is I bring in a person that nobody in this class has ever seen in their life. And I sit them in the front of the class and I have every one of my students pick up what they can from that energy. And this is in the psychic science class, but pick up what they can from that person sitting in front of you, in front of them. And it's in that class that a lot of my students who are there for psychic science realize they're medium because they're picking up on their loved one that's on the other side. Um, so it's, it's just, it's so much fun. I absolutely love it. For those who can't attend like in person, what are your online offerings? And of course, I'll include your website and some of the other information in the show notes. But are you, do you offer other things that can be done virtually? Yeah. So I'm actually getting ready. I'm collaborating with a couple of other people um, and getting ready to put together some online courses that you can just purchase. And I'll have, I'll have all that up on my website and my Facebook page once that uh, comes to fruition. Of course, it's kind of a a work, a, you know, labor, <laughs> love labor, yes. but um, yes. it takes a while to get all that together. But yeah, so soon that's going to be an option. Yep. Yeah. Everything that we've discussed, you know, up until now, is there anything that you feel compelled to share with the listeners or any information that you're getting that um, you just want to make sure that we don't miss? I think it's super important that people who, who are struggling with disability, um, that they block out the fact that they they feel fear and just go based on raw intuition. And if their intuition, if their gut is telling them, hey, I need to reach out to this person or hey, I need to reach out to that person, do it, even at the risk of looking like a crazy person. Because that was one of the first ways that, that I realized I was psychic is I took the plunge and I, I messaged a friend of mine and I said, hey, listen, I feel like I need to tell you this and this and this. And she said, oh, my God, that makes so much sense. You know, it ended up correlating with everything that was going on in her life. And, and it was something that she was reaching out and praying about. It was something that she needed confirmation on. So take that step and, um, you know, get out of your comfort zone and slowly build up your confidence. Confidence is key in this industry, whether you're going to do it as a you know, professional, as a job, or you're just going to do it on the side as a light worker to, to help society, to help civilization. Um, building your confidence is key. And the only way you're going to do that is by getting out of your box. So I encourage anybody listening who feels like they have a strong intuitive bone to, um, to exercise it and work it and, um, you know, get out there. What's the best advice to give somebody who thinks they have this ability? And my advice is read, read, read. Yeah. Because the more readings that you do, and I think you would agree with me, the better you get. Yeah. And it just validates it. Like you said, it builds up the confidence, which I think is great. And nowadays, I mean, we've always needed light workers and prayer and good energy being sent out there. But nowadays, more than ever, we need it. So again, I feel like this is just the perfect time that if you're questioning it and you're on the fence, then take Brittany's advice on, you know, do some readings on your own, even if they're cold, um, you know, with, with people's permissions, of course, but then also, you know, looking up uh, resources and other things online and just play around with it because it can be fun too. It doesn't have to be a scary thing whatsoever. So yeah, and I think it's important to note too, um, I, I'm not encouraging you to like walk into Walmart and just start reading random people. I think that um, <laughs> you know, you need to know that that who you're giving this information to, they are open and they are understanding and um they're able to or, and willing to accept it. Some people aren't ready, you know, to, to hear anything, whether it's uh, psychic or mediumistic. And you have to respect boundaries. Um, the last thing I want to do is send people out there to just randomly read people on the street. But it's a Midas touch. There's, there's a, you know. And another thing to remember, and I'm sure you would agree, I am still every single day taken aback by our ability. 
every single day I wake up and I'm like, whoa. And every reading I do, I tell myself it's an experiment. And I tell my clients it's an experiment. So, you know, give yourself the the ability and the permission to be wrong when you enter this field. If you do that, you will be just fine. Yeah, there's no place for ego in it. And like, and I love the way you said it is to be wrong or to make a mistake because if you second guess it or you're trying to make it fit in that box, that's where you'll kind of fail because you'll be disappointed. But when you're opening yourself up to the possibility that literally anything is possible and that it can be this beautiful thing and this this gift to share, whether it's just with yourself or your close friends and family or others out there in the world, it, it can be a beautiful thing. And for those who would like to reach Brittany, she has a website. It's BrittanyBuckWalter.com. That's B-R-I-T-N-E-Y B-U-C-K-W-A-L-T-E-R.com. She also can be reached on Facebook with that name, Brittany Buckwalter, and on Instagram as Uncensored Medium. And finally, she also has a blog, MyMotherTheMedium.com, if you want to check out her, her blog posts and content there. And thank you again for listening to A Psychic Story. Wanted to remind everyone too that we now have a 1-800 number. So would love to hear your voices and, and just get your feedback or topics that you would like to hear in future shows. And that number is 1-800-888-1881. That's 1-800-888-1881. And thank you again for listening to the show. You're the best part of it. Well, thanks again for joining the show, Brittany. Really appreciate it. Um, really enjoyed our conversation. And I hope maybe one day you can give me a reading or vice versa. And I will definitely be looking into your classes um, and see. I might need a refresher on, on the tarot stuff too. So thanks again. Absolutely. I would love that. Thanks again for joining. And um, I will again share the information in the show notes. appreciate it and have a great rest of your day. All right. Thank you so much for having me on. Have a good day. Thanks, Brittany. Bye. Thank you for listening to A Psychic Story. Please be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode and join the conversation on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. All episodes are free on your favorite podcast player or at apsychicstory.com. A Psychic Story has a 1-800 phone number now. You can call and leave a voicemail about any questions you may have, new topics you'd like to hear about, or even guests you want to hear more from. The number is 1-800-880-1881. That is 1-800-880-1881. We'd love to hear from you. Call and leave us a message. You may even be featured on a future episode.